0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. When I saw that that was from the soundtrack of Charlotte's Web, it made me really think about that book. It was a book that I loved when I was growing up. And there was an animated film that was very, I think it came out, it probably came out in the 70s maybe the early 80s, I'm not exactly sure. But I have this recollection, the Catalina Theaters on uh, Campbell, right at Grant, before that multiplex was open that was a single-screen theater I don't know if there is anybody here who remembers that being a single-screen theater and I remember I lived not too far away from there and They were having a summer series of films for kids And this is back in the it's gonna, this is back in the day when my father would let me just get on my bike and ride all over town And you know I was maybe 10 or 11 <laughs> Hey, it was part of he's hiding his head down there. It was part of the time we all did it It's just you know can a parent imagine doing that now. But it was something to do in the summer, to go, especially in the summer, <laughs> to go and sit in an air-conditioned movie theater. And I just was so grateful when they, when they showed Charlotte's Web, that animated film, um, that particular summer. And uh, it's just a beautiful memory that I have of that experience that has absolutely nothing to do with this talk, except to say that it's a memory that I have. And the song really, you know, really brought that up for me as a beautiful thing. I'm going to start with a a story, though, very short story. A kindergarten teacher was observing their classroom of children while the kids were drawing. The teacher walked around to look at the children's artwork and provide praise and encouragement. As they got to one child who was working diligently, they asked that child what the drawing was. And the child replied, I'm drawing God. The teacher paused and said, but no one knows what God looks like. Without missing a beat, the child looked up from the drawing and replied, they will in a minute. What comes to mind when you hear the word God? What comes to mind for you? Do you hold in mind an image of God? And what does that image look like for you? I think it's going to be different for each and every one of us, although there may be commonalities based on, an, uh, based on the way we were raised, the faith traditions we may have come from. Um, it's all going to elicit some idea of what that image of God looks like. And I I want to be very clear, in answering that question for yourself, there is no right, there is no wrong. There is only the opportunity to contemplate what that is for you. So what comes to mind for you when you hear the word God? It's not unusual for us to picture an anthropomorphized God that is a God with human attributes, a God that looks human. And I think that that comes from, well, first of all, it comes from history because we've all, I think we're we're all familiar with that anthropomorphized idea, the anthropomorphic God of an old man with a long white beard sitting on a cloud up in heaven, right? That I think is not uncommon. Of course, now I've put an idea into your mind of what God looks like that may not have been your idea of God. Let we'll just go with it for a moment. But we, we, we tend to, I think, apply human attributes to our visualization of God. And I think the reason we do that, it's in a desire to allow us, it's that desire for us to understand that which is essentially ineffable, it is unknowable. We can never truly know what God looks like except I have an answer for that. And it will probably come as no surprise that if you want to know what God looks like, look around. Look around. It's all God. Look in the mirror. What you see in the mirror reflected back to you is God. What you see when you walk down the street is God. What you see in television programming is God. But we, we anthropomorphize some idea of a God separate from us. I think because it gives us an opportunity to lay blame. To describe God, as a walking, talking being with human features, makes it more relatable. It gives us someone that we can talk to about things. We can express our fears to God. We can express our disappointments to God. But it also, I believe, when we do that, it leads to the idea that God is subject to what we might define as human failings. And this is—it's—it's it's actually written down throughout uh, Scripture. There's an anthropomorphized God that is subject to anger, to distrust, to jealousy, to fear. And that was a context within a particular time and place. But as I keep talking about spiritual evolution, I think it is important for us to understand that we have evolved past that concept. This is an old paradigm, that God that was, that was angry and distrustful and jealous and fear-based. I would like to think that that paradigm is no longer relevant to any of us. After all, we are in new thought. It is a new thought to think that God is us. But the mystics, here's the thing, the mystics of all traditions have encouraged us to consider that as the true nature of God, that there is no separate being, there is only the infinite beingness which is infused and showing up and expressing as all things. The true nature of God is expressed in the way we feel. We cannot observe God, but we can experience God. The true nature of God is to feel, it is the underlying life force energy that is pressing through each and every one of us. It is that zeal, it is that power, it is that, that fire that is saying, yes, yes, let us create, let us create, let us create. But it is less a physical creator, that is a noun, right? It's it's not a noun. It is more the creative flow itself. It's the verb. God is a verb. I've talked about that in the past, that to understand the nature of this flow, to understand this life force energy, and the way that it is interacting and flowing forth from each and every one of us is to be in the verb of God. The Father and I are one. References our personalization of that creative flow. God is personal to all who feel its presence. So, what do you feel? What do you feel? Right in this moment, just check in with yourself. What do you feel? Do you feel in alignment with those attributes of the divine? Do you feel in alignment with the attributes of good, love, light, life? Peace, beauty, joy, harmony, do you feel in alignment with those? Or is there any part of you that feels misaligned perhaps, which can happen. We can feel misaligned if we take in the world of circumstance and assume that that has any power over us. That's what leads us into misalignment. But what we feel at the core is the way we personalize God. And so do you feel, within that, expanded or contracted? Here's one thing that I have learned throughout my time on this planet, and in ministry it's really given me the opportunity to consider this more fully. We cannot contract the infinite to the limitations we place on ourselves. I'm gonna say that again. We cannot contract the infinite to the limitations we place on ourselves. Our work in new thought is to expand. It is to expand. It It is not to look out and feel less than. It is to know that we are the wholeness given the circumstances within which we are experiencing life. So life is feeling challenging. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. We can expand our self-perception. We can expand that perception of self from feeling limited and finite to feeling infinite. And when we are in alignment with that feeling, we are experiencing the nature of God, not as something out there, but as the wholeness. That's one of the benefits of meditation for me and why I make meditation a daily practice, because it helps me align within that construct of being the wholeness at the level of my expression of it. And I have the opportunity at all times to expand that expression. And that is the truth for each and every one of us. We have the opportunity to expand that expression that is our life. But that life is the life of the divine that we are calling our own. Meditation allows us to return to the root feeling that root feeling that we can sometimes lose when we forget who we are and we begin to align ourselves with that which is outside of the expression of self. I mentioned at the beginning of the celebration today that this month's theme, the theme for September is release, embrace, repeat. Release, embrace, repeat. And I think we're in a consistent experience and expression of releasing and then embracing and releasing and embracing. You know what that's kind of like? It's kind of like that breath. It's kind of like breathing. We release the things that are not serving us and we embrace that which does serve us. And as soon as that which does serve us no longer serves us, let us release that and embrace the next thing that serves us. And we live in that constant flow of circulation. Release, embrace, repeat. Today, I'm going to invite us all to release any sense of an anthropomorphic God and embrace the notion that that is who we are, that feeling of creation within each and every one of us. Eric Butterworth, he wrote this. If you insist on holding on to things like an anthropomorphic God, or the need to nurture past hurts and disagreements. You will look outside yourself for answers instead of within. Truth is at the center of you. It is the mystical point where God becomes you. So think about this, I have come up here and People have felt challenged by my exclamation that you are God, I am God, we are God. People, people are challenged by that still, I get it. Usually that's born of an old paradigm, release the paradigm. It's born of an old idea, release the idea. And allow yourself to embrace perhaps a new idea that is going to work in service for you because I'm not the one who came up with that. In fact, Eric Butterworth is not even the one that came up with that. It has been part of the mystical tradition throughout the ages. But he said, it is the mystical point where God becomes you. There is no separation. And it is not that it becomes you. It's that you recognize that you are that which is. So what is the benefit of release? It is knowing yourself as the point of power. The point of power from which all things in our experience unfold. I'm telling you, when we can release our sense of limitation... When we release that sense of limitation and release aligning our lives with those circumstances, we open ourselves up to miracles. We open ourselves up to miracles. What, what are miracles? Now, we perceive miracles as something that seems beyond comprehension that shows up in the world of form. You know, Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus. Uh, there, there, there were miracles that Jesus performed, Right? It it is as those miracles are something outside the self. But here's what I know about miracles. Miracles are the natural expressions in form of the mind unburdened by a sense of limitation. Miracles are the natural expressions in form of the mind unburdened by a sense of limitation. The only reason we believe we cannot perform miracles is because we believe we cannot perform miracles. Jesus performed miracles, not because he was different, but because he knew who he was, and that is the story. If we all revel within that understanding that to know who we are, then miracles become ordinary. To him, miracles were ordinary. And today it is time for us to embrace a new ordinary, to recognize that everything that exists is a miracle, just like the song says. And you get to activate that within your life. The lyric of the song that said, when you wake up every day, please don't throw your dreams away, hold them close to your heart because we're all a part of the ordinary miracle. I like the idea that a new thought we call, well, at least maybe you don't, I don't know. This is what I do. I call miracles ordinaries because it takes away any level of the supernatural and allows me to embrace the metaphysical nature of my beingness. And so I welcome the miracles that show up in my life every single day. Don't throw your dreams away. The way we can throw our dreams away is thinking that they are impossible. How many of you have had a dream that you felt was impossible, and so you stopped yourself from ever proceeding forward to try and achieve the dream? The moment that you decided it was impossible, you might as well as say, and so it is, amen, at the end of that. Some of the best work that we can do mentally is to expand our perception of what a miracle is. Just take a moment to look around and recognize the miracle that is all creation. And the way that we interact with that miracle of all creation, the way that we understand it, and the way, I mean, frankly, we, we, we take creation and we have the capacity to manipulate the physical form to create comfortable environments. I think about this environment. I'm grateful that we're going to have people coming back to join us in this environment very soon. But I think about, you know, these four walls being like we're held in that in those hands of grace in a comfortable, you know, it's it's really warm outside, right? We're in a, we we've manipulated the form to create air conditioning, things like that. Those are all miracles, if you really think about them. But let us begin to understand that all of those things, what we take for granted and look at as ordinary, embrace the new ordinary by knowing that it is all miracles. Embrace miracles as the new ordinary. I'm ready to experience the miraculous more and more and more every day. The miraculous cannot be experienced, here's the thing, the miraculous cannot be experienced in the future. It can only be experienced in the here and now. So are you willing to let go of any anticipation for a miracle to unfold in the future and accept the miracle that is the life you are living right here and right now? We have the capacity to change the world. We have the capacity to change the world. To do so, we must release. We must release any notion of limitation and embrace our inherent expansive nature. We must release the notion that we are subject to and embrace the truth of self-dominion. We must release the notion that we are ordinary, for we are not ordinary. Let us embrace the new ordinary and begin to recognize ourselves as miracles in form. That's the message. Namaste.